Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Dan Snyder sitting in for Jess. Matt Arnold coming on a little bit later. Dan, thanks for taking the time to join us, brother. Of course. It's always a pleasure to be here. It's great to see you again, Terry. Right back at you, bro. And you know what? Life is short. Eternity is forever. Every breath we take, that's one less we're going to get. So we need to be you know, conscious of what we're doing in our life. And I just want to give a quote from the little flower about that because it touched me today. The little flower says, we have only short moments in this life to work for God's glory. The devil knows this, and that is why he tries to make us waste time in useless things. Oh, let us not waste our time. Let us save souls. Souls are falling into hell innumerable as flakes of snow on a winter day. Jesus weeps. Instead of consoling him, we are brooding over our own sorrows. You know, I never thought a woman could give me advice to say, stop. Feeling sorry for yourself, Terry, but she did. Man up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's, you know, but she's a Carmelite. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you talk about power. You know, St. Teresa of Avila said uh, um, that I want my daughters to be manful in their pursuit of virtue. She says, I want you to be Barbada. I want you to have a like a bearded uh, soldier coming off of campaign. Like she would see these. These, these Spanish uh, conquerors coming back from the field of battle mm-hmm. and campaign battle, their beards are growed out. She says, I want you to, to be so manful in your pursuit of virtue, she says, that you scare the men, that it's, it's scary <laughs> how, how manly you are. And I don't want, he says, she said, I don't want you to be effeminate. Okay. <laughs> Effeminacy is not the same as femininity. Effeminate is something that is that is taking over our culture, both male and female. It's a it's it's a sinful disposition of feminacy. And so how do you counteract that? Therese. Therese, who was a, a saint, a doctor of the church who never left Carmel. She was a homeschool girl. She goes into Carmel at 15 and comes out at age 21. She left her home one time to go see the Pope and beg for permission to go in. She's the doctor of the church, co-patron of the foreign missions. You want to help the church? Follow the advice of St. Therese. Her doctrine of a spiritual littleness is a time bomb waiting to explode in the church today. Amen, brother. You know, Dan, I, I drink iced tea and I'm all fired up today. I don't know what you had for this for your breakfast, but I like because you're fire, you've got fire in your belly because you know that time is short. Hey, Dan, today we've, we're going to be talking about our good friend Bishop Joseph Strickland. Everybody knows by now he's been retired, taken out of uh, commission by the Holy See. And if people go to our website, our YouTube channel, Full Sheen Ahead, maybe you've seen 30, 40,000 people have already seen what I had to say about it. And I'll repeat some of the things today. But I want to ask your prayers, not only for Bishop Strickland, I want to pray for the Pope, because I, I'm going to say something, Dan, that it's probably going to upset people on both sides. But I don't care, because and I never worry about who will be offended if I speak the truth. I'm going to be worrying about those if I don't. And the truth of the matter is, the Pope, the office of papacy is important in the Catholic Church. Guys, there's nowhere else to go. So you might be upset at the papacy with Pope Francis. He's our Pope. We need to pray. As a matter of fact, at 5 o'clock on Sunday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, we have the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. We have a rosary. And we're going to show Bishop Strickland's six-point letter uh, on a video inside our chapel. If you want to support Bishop Strickland and also pray that Pope Francis confirm us in our faith, it's easy to complain. But I say get down on our knees Sunday at 5 and let's pray for Pope Francis's uh, confirming us of our faith because he needs to do that. That's his, that's his uh, role. That's his, uh, you know, that's what God calls a pope to do. And then let's pray for 
uh, Bishop Strickland that he will see where God is calling him to do in evangelization now that he has more time. He's not administrator or bishop of, of Tyler. So that's going to be this Sunday at 5 o'clock Mass, and we'll have a presentation on by Bishop Joseph Strickland, the former uh, priest bishop of Tyler. Dan, uh, before we get to all these topics, I'd like you to, I mean, this is your forte, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir about Scripture, so I'd like to, if I could read the reading of today's Gospel and then have your comments on it, uh, I know I would and the viewers would really appreciate that. So, folks, we're, we're looking at Luke chapter 17, verse 7 to 10. It's short but powerful. A reading okay. from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Go ahead, Dan. Who among you would, this is the words of Jesus, mm -hmm. who among you would say to your servant who has just come in from plowing or tending sheep in the field and would say, come here immediately and take your place at the table? Would he not rather say to him, uh, um, I'm sorry, let me back up. Who among you would say to your servant yeah. who has just come in from the plowing or tending sheep in the field, come here immediately and take your place at the table? Would he not rather say to him, prepare something for me to eat, put on your apron and wait on, wait on me while I eat and drink? You may eat and drink when I'm finished. Is he grateful to that servant because he did what was commanded? So should it be with you. When you have done all that you have command, been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done only what we were obliged to do. The gospel so, of the Lord. Wow. The gospel the of the Lord, Lord. Jesus Christ. I love this so you, reading. Go ahead, Dan. This is a great reading. So you... You see, you see, uh, um, you see a couple of things. Whenever you see repetition, yeah, you know, this is in the army. Whenever the instructor would would sit, what was on the test, yeah. he would stomp his foot, and that meant this is on the test. Killing cockroaches, we call it. Killing a cockroach. This right. is on the test. Luke is emphasizing here. Uh, 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 um, he's emphasizing here eating and drinking. In fact, Luke's gospel has ten uh, uh, eating scenes, uh, meal scenes. Uh, and so this idea of eating and drinking goes back to an ancient concept of, of Judaism where Moses goes up to the mountain. God reveals the covenant to him and he eats and drinks with God. So eating and drinking with God is the central theme here uh, that that's the context. But he's talking about discipleship. Uh, um, the the duties of discipleship, and so he's talking to. Remember, he's he's talking to his disciples. This is the essence of discipleship. First of all, it, let's distinguish between the lay charism and the priestly charism Excellent. because there's a lot of confusion today. Right. The lay charism is secular in nature. You and I go into the world as as laymen, and we consecrate the world to God. Says yeah. the Second Vatican That's Council. Right. That's right. The priestly charism is ordered to the sacraments, and particularly the sacrifice, the holy sacrifice of the mass. Amen. But the essence, so we have the meal, is the essence of discipleship for the for the apostle to 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 confect the holy Eucharist and conform his parish. Uh, uh, to that. But there's three words that are key, apron, plow, and shepherd. Mm. The apron points to the servants, right? That every, before you're a priest, you're made a, tra a transitional deacon, right. a word that means to serve or to, to the diaconoi, our servants. So the first element is a servant. Jesus says, I come as one who serves, not to be served. He says, uh, uh, and then in John 13, he washes the feet as dressed in the in the, in the apron of a servant. So Jesus gives an example. He doesn't sit back and just redirect things and sit back with clean knuckles. This is a hands-on manager here, and he comes as one to serve more than just to serve. 
but as suffering servant, offering his life for his sheep. Number two, the plow points to Elijah, right? Elijah was walking. Imagine the type of guys that Elijah calls and Elisha. It says Elisha was walking behind a plow of 12 oxen. Now, I work out on occasion, but there's no time in my life I could have held 12 oxen you know, yeah. underneath my rage. You know, <laughs> that's a yoked out disciple. Yeah. So, and, and Jesus tells elsewhere in Luke's gospel, anyone that wishes to be my disciple and puts his hand to the plow and looks back. So you have to live in the moment. You have to cut with the past, live in the moment. Because if you're, if you're on a plow and you look back, guess what? You get crooked lines. In Spanish, they call it chueco. You get you get all crooked chueco lines. Mm-hmm. So so you want to k- keep focused on the task at hand. And finally, shepherd. That that he uh, uh, that the, the, he mentions the shepherd. The essence of discipleship is shepherding, shepherding others, uh, uh, particularly as priests. But for you and I as laymen, shepherding our families, our our wives, our children, our grandchildren. Right. This is the essence of discipleship. It differs from priest to lay, but these these marks are marks of what a true disciple is. And you know, Dan, my only thought is when I read that reading, it makes me realize when people say to you, "Dan, you're such a great guy. You're doing this. You're doing that," and you're going. Not really. You know, I'm only doing what God's calling me to do. I'm just trying to be faithful to my duties and my state in life. People say to me, Terry, you got 30 million recordings the last 42 years. You're in 9,500 parishes with your Lighthouse program. All these things you've done. Well, I've started radio with um, since, you know, 35 years ago when we only had five stations in the country. I go, really? You know, God always uses the weak, okay, to confound the strong. And if you think of yesterday's reading, our feast day of Mother Cabrini, the woman was so sick and ailing that they, many of the orders wouldn't even take her because she was so weak. But what does yeah. God use? He uses the weak to confound the strong. And I'm exhibit A. That's all I'll say. And, and, and at the end of your life and my life, especially yeah. your life, yeah. because you've done so much more for the gospel, uh, um, yeah. he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And and in, and in all truth, you're going to say, I've only done, I'm an unprofitable exactly. servant. I've only done what, you've, what I've been obliged to do. Exactly. But St. Paul says, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Amen. Right? And Bishop we, we have to preach. Whenever, However God has called us, we evangelize and we bring the gospel into the secular yeah. realm. We don't have to just be, you know, we have this idea that if we become converted, you have to become a married deacon. Yeah. You have to become a Eucharistic no, minister. No. You have to be a lecturer. No. No, what you got to do, you go into the into the boardroom. You go into the right. city hall. You bring the gospel into the classroom, into the public realm, into the legal realm. This is the call of lay Catholics. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, uh, guys, suit up right now. We're getting up, and this is firing me up. You're in the Lord's gym. Uh, let's bring Fulton Sheen in just for a second. Full Sheen ahead. Let's get that uh, full Sheen ahead. Real quick, Bishop Strickland's with Bishop uh, with Bishop Sheen. I could just see the two of them. And what does uh, Strickland say to the arch to the Archbishop Sheen? He says, "Rejoice always that no matter what the day brings, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Yesterday, today, and forever." Bishop Strickland says, "May the saints and the Blessed Virgin Mary always inspire us to return to Christ, no matter how." we may wander into darkness. Jesus is light from light. You know, that's what Bishop Strickland just tweeted after getting fired. You know what I say? He's a man of faith, and that's why we're going to talk about Bishop Strickland's situation and pray for him and the Holy Father. Stay with us, family. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. We'll be back in a moment.
Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. You got three men on fire for one thing. Salvation of souls. Matt Arnold just joined us. We've got Dan Snyder, Terry Barber here. And I want to just say thank you for listening because this show has got one focus, and that is to help people meet the person of Jesus Christ and to get to heaven. Matt Arnold, we're talking. I want to first of all welcome you, Matt, because you've been on my show so many times. Thank you so much over the years. Oh, thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me. Uh, good to see you too, Doc. Yep, yep. Dr. Dan Snyder's here, and I, I just want to I want to set the stage a little bit, and then I'll get your comments. Bishop Strickland, as you know, uh, has been asked to leave the Diocese of Tyler as the bishop. And I think that this could be a potential major problem, like almost like where people get so mad that they forget about their love for Jesus Christ, and they say, well, we're just going to rebel. We're going to start our own church, leave the church. We're going to do, we're so angry. And I think that that could be a potential problem, and I encourage people not to do that, that uh, get your lower faculties uh, together and uh, start praying, and uh, not just for Bishop Strickland, but for the Holy Father to confirm us in our faith, because that's his role as the shepherd. And I wanted to get your take, because you're a convert to the Catholic faith. Dan and I are cradle Catholics. I'd like to hear your perspective on what we can do and how to help Holy Mother the Church in this. I call it a crisis, are you ready, of the hierarchy, not a crisis of lay people. The hierarchy is in crisis, as Cardinal Seurat said last week. Your thoughts? Well, um, I agree with you, of course, in regard to the the crisis in uh, Cardinal Seurat even said that there is a crisis of the magisterium. Yes, that's right. That that uh, that the teaching office of the church is being exercised in such wildly divergent ways. Right. Many Catholics are confused. Yes, um, I recommend get a get a copy of a good catechism, whether it's the Baltimore Catechism or uh, Bishop Schneider's new Credo. I'm enjoying that very much. I'm going through it right now, good. and I'm thinking, where's this been my whole life? <laughs> and it's interesting too. Some folks have been kind of critical, saying, "Oh, he's hyper traditional or whatever," but um, he very liberally quotes from the documents of Vatican II. Yes, he does. In this in this catechism, you know, it's, it's very much a compendium of the teaching of the church, you know, from the beginning all the way until now. And that's where you have to put your focus. That was me. Well, I almost want to say I read my way into the church. That's not true. I came in largely through the praying the rosary and the intercessory prayers of my wife. And then the, the good instruction I received at RCIA from a very holy priest. Yep. Uh, but, it, but it was the gift of faith given me by the Holy Spirit. But intellectually, I very much uh, uh, read my way into the church, and it was through classic things like Catholic Church Has the Answer by Paul Wickham, Faith of Our Fathers, right? You know, uh, when I came into the church, the whole lay apologetics movement was still kind of in its nascent stage, and there weren't the, the abundance of materials that are available now. That's true. And so uh, I, I fell in love with this Catholicism, but finding it in practice proved really, really difficult. Yeah. And and so as a convert, see, I know what the truth is. Yes. That's what I have dedicated my life to. I've given my life to Jesus Christ and his church in that order. Yep. Yep. You're right. right? Yep. So so that's it. You can't you can't leave the church no. because you don't like the way the church is being governed. There's a saying in Rome, I don't remember it in the Italian, but it is there will always be another pope. <laughs> Isn't that consoling? All right, Matt. Well, thanks for that input. Let's have this conversation. Dan, your take on 
uh, having a balanced approach, you know, to our spirituality with when we have the Pope removing a great bishop, in our understanding, we have him on our network every every week. We've got tomorrow I'm going to be recording another hour of the Bishop Strickland Hour, and I'm sure he'll speak for himself. But, Dan, spiritual warfare, that's your specialty. Do, do you think that there's a possibility that people can overreact and uh, let their lower nature kick in and walk away from the church or even worse, start at their own version of the Catholic Church? Yeah, no, for sure. I was in Dallas, uh, Texas, when the when the, the announcement came out on Saturday, and my lower nature said, that's it, let's yep. drive over. I'm going to drive over to, to uh, Tyler. I'm going to get a bunch of men, Just some like pitchforks, yeah. and we're going to circle, and we're going to say, over our dead bodies, you want to exactly. come in, you're going to, yeah. But uh, but then I realized, no, we need to storm, not Tyler, Texas. We need to storm heavenly heaven. Good we need point. to storm the, the heavenly Jerusalem. We need to, to not petition. We need, you know, with human petitions, we need to petition the Lord Jesus Christ on our knees before the Blessed Sacrament, praying for the pur- purification of Holy Mother Church, uh, praying for the restoration of order, for a return to, to tradition, because because the enemy knows that it's 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 in tradition that there, there, that, that, what does St. Paul say? You know, oh. hand that, which I handed on that hand on to me, hand over to faithful men. Yep. Right. Yep. Who will, who will faithfully teach the same. And so this is what traditio means. It means to, to, to hand down or pass down. And so we, we have to preserve that. And so, um, so we have to, and we have to pray for our bishops and our priests and stop cursing them. We have to pray for exactly. them. We have to pray for the Pope. No, but at the same time, Canon 212, paragraph three, I just pulled it up. I Here's love that canon. Yep. According to the knowledge, competence, and prestige which they possess, yep. they ha- the lay people have the right and even at times duty to manifest to the sacred pastors their yep. opinion on matters which pertain to the good of the church and to make their opinion known to the rest of the Christian faithful. Without prejudice to the integrity of faith and morals and with reverence toward their pastors and uh, attentive to the common advantage and to the dignity of persons. So that means proclaim the truth in charity, even if it That's means right. at times we have to talk to our sacred pastors That's right. and say, Father or Bishop or Your Excellency, Your Eminence, this is incorrect, and I have and I have and I have not just a right, but it says an obligation. So we, so we have to be faithful to our conscience, which was which which ultimately Bishop Strickland was talking about is yeah. faithful. He, was, he he could not, you know, right. Be, he had to obey his conscience. And, and you know, ironically, he 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 um he one of the saints that his favorite saints that he had uh that he told me one of his favorite saints that he's always drawn to. And remember, there's charisms in each of these saints. Mm-hmm. God always sends help from the mystical body. One of the one of the saints that he likes, uh, uh that he felt drawn to from the beginning was Saint uh um uh Thomas More. Of course, and he went there. So Thomas More. Um, I'm, there's a famous scene in a man for all seasons when they're trying to convince him just to, to c- come up with a watered down version yeah. of what you're saying. Just say this politely in this version and we'll leave you alone. Yeah. And he has this famous speech where he says, don't you understand? I object. I, not my spleen, you know, not my yeah. shoulder. I, my very being. And for a Bishop with the, with the courage of, 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 that's con- and conviction, it would go against his very nature right. to 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 deny the deposit of faith and to deny the call that he has as a uh, prelate, a bishop, and a successor to the apostles. So so I respect the heck out of him. And he's a and he's a he he's a guy that we need to to, to support oh, yeah. and continue. 
follow because he's an example of, 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 what, of what's going to really happen to all of us eventually. You proclaim the gospel, you know, they're going to try to stop. The modernists have lost the arguments. That's right. And so the only last weapon they have is to cancel. That's so they're going to try to cancel. We're seeing this on YouTube. We're seeing this all, all over social media platforms. If you, don't, if you speak against the current narrative, they cancel you. It's not about the arguments anymore. They've lost the intellectual arguments. They've fallen back into this Marxist uh, uh, heavy-handedness globally. It's not yes. just not just what happened to Bishop Strickland. So this is a consistent pattern. But but God love him for what he does, and Amen. And, and we support him. Man, I was talking with you about the primacy of conscience off the air. You yeah. and I were having a conversation. What Dan just referred to. Why don't you share uh, a little bit of what the church teaches about? A informed conscience, and that we ultimately can't compromise our informed conscience. Your thoughts? Well, what okay. we have is, so, you know, go I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Uh, the um, your conscience is, um, in the best of uh, circumstances, is the voice of God within you. That's right. right. Uh, that that we recognize in ourselves a voice that does not come from ourselves, mm -hmm. and um, as long as you remit, you know, are, are well formed. Then that voice of conscience becomes a reliable guide. Now, your conscience can be an error, and an erroneous conscience should be corrected. Amen. Uh, your conscience can also um, be uh, um, a guide that that uh, you know where you can, if you really believe something is correct, and and you well. What I mean to say is you have to act on a certain conscience. If you believe something to be true, stand by. and you know, and and you can't act against that. Right. Now it, it's it's possible that you would be, you were in error and then you would be corrected and fine. But uh for for the most part, if your conscience is well formed and you have a certain conscience, you must act in accord with that conscience. Well said. For those who, who do not have a well formed conscience, for those who do not ever pick up a catechism or, or go to mass or yeah. go to then th that conscience uh, can be deadened and it becomes uh, a blind guide, if you will. Yeah, You know, Matthew, I'm getting people asking me, is Bishop Strickland Hour going to continue on Virgin Most Powerful Radio? <clears throat> I'll say yes, and he probably is going to have more than once a week shows here at VMPR, so that is good news. Matthew, what you just said uh, makes a, a lot of sense because Cardinal, um, and I'll just use it, Cardinal Mueller put out a statement in support of Bishop Strickland, and he really talked about uh, something that uh, he should know. He's a, he, he was the prefect for the doctrine of the faith and, you know, the church's teachings on canon law. He said the arbitrary dismissal of a bishop from a diocese where the bishop is appointed by Christ himself as a pastor undermines the authority of the pope, as it happens historically with unworthy distribution of office in the Egmon papacy. This loss of trust was one of the main reasons for the break of the Reformation of Christianity from the Catholic Church and its hatred of the Pope, who, by his arbitrary actions, put himself in the place of God. The point I'm reading is, this is very serious what's happening in the Church, and we want to make sure we do not have uh, a split in the Church over Bishop Strickland and over uh, Pope Francis. I know that he has said, you know, I'm going to be the cause of a schism. I hope you're wrong, Bishop, uh, um, Holy Father. Because the church doesn't need a schism, it needs a unifier, which is the teachings of the perennial teachings of the church. And you I want to go ahead, Dan. I, it's, um, go ahead, ahead. Just, uh, it's well to know that the word pontiff in Latin means bridge builder. There you go. And and, and the pope is meant to be uh, be a pontifex maximus. He is to be the great 
bridge builder right and and not the great bridge burner well said dan i wanted to ask you also from a biblical world view cuz this is really what we talk about on virgin most powerful radio um the biblical world view that says that we as followers of Christ, the church has been instituting, uh, I should say Christ instituted his church, and really there's no other place to go, whether you like the church or not right now, because of we, we've been infiltrated. I think that's a fair statement, uh, that we've been infiltrated by modernism, but that doesn't make us have a right to go and say, I'm going to leave, or I'm going to stop practicing my faith. That seems to me a wimpy approach. Your thoughts? You know, no, I got an email from a good friend this week and uh, right after all this stuff that hit the news with yeah. with Strickland and the, the, he just put in the in the title, do we leave now? Is oh. it time to go, basically? Wow. And 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 hey, uh, hold your thought. We're going to take that. That's a good teaser. Okay. Got the music coming on. Let's kick. Dan is talking about a letter that he just received. I'm going to talk about a letter when we come back from London, England, of a convert to the Catholic faith when he heard about Bishop Strickland being being uh, pushed aside. Uh, wait to hear this what this convert said. I think you'll find it most interesting. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold, Dan Schneider, Terry Barber having a fireside chat with you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. we got a teaser. Dan has a story about a email that came in. Dan, can you uh, tell your story and then I'll give you mine? Yeah, so I get an email from a good friend um, and, you know, low information Catholic, high information uh, when it comes to politics and the world. Um, so a lot of people, they understand completely what's going on in the world, but they haven't spent the time to really go into the Catholic faith. And so, but a good guy and a former military guy, um, uh, very well educated. And I got an email that says, uh, do we stay or do we go? That's the question. And link was to the the um, the article from LifeSite News, the interview with uh, Bishop Strickland. Right. And so I just answered, you know, where are we going to go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. And then as long and then I said, as long as we have, I have breath, I'm going to continue <laughs> to 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 follow and, and defend Holy Mother Church. That I said I hit send, and then as soon as I hit send, I get an email. And my wife at the exact same moment had answered, said the exact same oh, thing. Hilarious. Lord, to whom we're going to go, you have the words of eternal life. Amen. And this is this is from John 6. Um, um, after Jesus gives us the teaching on the on the Holy Eucharist, he doesn't back down. Right. He doesn't back down. And um, he says, as a John says, as a result of this, many of his disciples returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. And so we're going to see that as a result of, of what happened, a lot of Catholics are going back to their former way of life, right. or they're going to go Byzantine, or they're going to go the, you know, they're going to go uh, Pius X, or they're going to go right. uh, the Ordinariate, or they're going to go Baptist, or whatever. So a lot of people, or they're just going to go back and say, yeah, forget it. I'll, I'll, I might wake up for Christmas morning and take my family. But Jesus said, so, and so Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to leave, Right. Uh, Simon Peter answered him, Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Amen. And so, and so, uh, so we have. And so then, then the first mention of Judas, uh, Jesus answered, "Did I not choose you twelve? Yet it is I. It is not is not one of you a devil." He referred to Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, of whom would would betray him, and one of the twelve. So we have to just be cognizant that 
that you know we we are members of the church the mystical body of christ uh, the, the 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 holy father serves the church in charity yes but the church is the mystical body of christ and if we are the mystical body saint augustine says the head, the total totus Christus is Christ the head and the church, his body, the members. Yes. That body was glorified on Tabor, right? Mm -hmm. But it was also, you know, the glorification of Tabor. We have to keep that memory in mind as we look at the disfiguration yeah. of Calvary. And we have to look at the disfiguration of Calvary with the glory of Tabor. That Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and look to the hallelujah on the other side of the on the other side of the cross. So we have to endure and, and can't have this fantasy that there will be no suffering. There will be no cross that the church is going to be perfect yep. like Judas. The Judas spirit is alive and well in the church today. Well, How did you let this happen, Lord? Why did you let this happen? We have to be aware of two things. The Judas spirit, which which drives people away, and also what St. Saint, Saint Benedict in the second to the last rule of Benedict calls a wicked or unholy zeal. That, that we have to have a purified zeal for souls and not let it turn into a wicked zeal, because that can also eat us up uh, as well when we, when we look over these events. Great advice, Dan. Great advice. I'll just be brief on my little story. One of our listeners from London, England, across the pond, said that he's in the RCIA program because of Bishop Strickland hour. He mm. listens to Bishop wow. Strickland, loves it. And he said, <clears throat> when I heard about him being removed as the Bishop of Tyler, uh, I began to weep. But then I realized that in my formation, I can be praying for Bishop Strickland and for the Holy Father and this is not even a Catholic yet. This is a convert coming in through RCIA and understands the power of prayer. But uh, these are just moving stories. Matt, before I turn this over to you, I just forgot to mention something that is very important with Bishop Strickland that I really never said on radio, but I did a YouTube video on Sunday and 30-some thousand people watched it. It was regarding what took place three years ago in Baltimore right now. I have a picture of Bishop Strickland praying the rosary outside the, the bishop's conference with lay people, which I think is a good thing. Uh, God, he does that every, every uh, time they have a bishop's conference with lay people praying for the church. So I think that's good. But here's the story. I was there with Jesse Romero three years ago, and we were outside the uh, hotel, and Bishop Strickland was going to have lunch with us. So he told me a story. He said, I'm just shocked. I said, what are you, what are you so you know, shocked about? Well, the nuncio of the United States, who's a representative of the Vatican, he's now a cardinal, he went up to me and said this, hey, you know, the Holy Father's watching you. Stop talking about the deposit of faith. There is no deposit of faith. And, and Bishop Strickland was like shocked that an archbishop could say something that outrageous. And so I say this because, not to, not to expose him, but to say this is what I'm talking about, the lack of faith inside the hierarchy right now it's a crisis and so bishop strickland did exactly what he felt his moral conscience said and that is he continued to preach the deposit of faith but i believe that's one of the reasons why he was removed because of his strong uh teaching on the perennial teachings of the church matt i want to turn it over to your what what's on your mind about the good bishop in the weeks uh, leading up to this, I, you know, fielded a, a number of emails. You know, there were people that are uh, saying, you know, when, when the pillar leaked from the Vatican that uh, some bishops were 
advising the Holy Father to, to ask him to resign. Yes. Uh, that was floated to to Bishop Strickland, who said, well, nobody said anything to me, but I can't resign because it's I, I have a sacred commission given me by Pope Benedict XVI. That's right. Said, but if the Pope removes me, I'll be obedient and go. And he did. Yeah. And a bunch of people took umbrage with that. I got all these emails and people uh, um, cutting and pasting large sections of Pastor Eternus and so forth and sending it to me as though I'd never read the, <laughs> the, the document on, on papal infallibility. Uh, and I said, you know, there's it, it, nothing is controversial here. Yeah. You know, if somebody, come, you know, Terry, if somebody came to you and said, you know, Terry, I don't know what you guys are doing. You should probably just quit. Would you quit? No, of course not. No, I, you know, it would be absurd. <laughs> okay. So uh, with that in mind, uh, oh, there's all this water under the bridge now. Yep. There are people now who are, I, we're getting in, insane emails, people saying, oh, well, it's, it's, Strickland brought this on himself because he's been promoting set of a cantism. Yeah. Which is, that's just insane. It is. Uh, uh, or somebody said, uh, one of the emails blames you and Jesse, that the, you radicalized him, and that's why the Pope removed him. Uh, that's uh, funny. I'm sorry. I've got, gotten a number of, of people, you know, they wanting to point fingers at somebody. They want, they yeah. want, they want someone to blame. They want a scapegoat. Yeah. You know, but, but I remember uh, just, I just, just jumped into my head when, when Mel Gibson you know, uh, put out the Passion of the Christ. And if somebody asked him, well, you know, just yeah, tell us right now who crucified Christ, because they're, they're trying to mm -hmm. to uh, portray him as anti-Semite. He said, who crucified Christ? He said, I did. Yeah. And that's the thing. See, we, we the, the number one thing, when you look at the mess in the church, the first, you know, when you when you start pointing fingers, like my mother said, when you point fingers, there's four of pointing back at you. Yep. You know, it's yeah. like, it, it is, have we been, perfectly faithful have we been docile to the to the teachings of christ have, you know do do the majority of catholics in the world go to mass every sunday without fail right do we believe in the real presence of christ in the eucharist do we follow the the you know perennial teachings of the church even the teachings of vatican II? no we don't primarily you know it's it's, it's we've already i mean if if practicing catholics are you know represent the the uh, the church militant we are already reduced to a remnant and bishop strickland when it did came down yeah they asked him to resign he said no and then the pope removed him and he said i'll be obedient and go of course exactly as like what he said he was going to yep. do so again there's no story here there's no right. man bites dog uh you know bishop against the pope story here right no you're right uh, but, but I just uh, and not everybody knows this, Terry. You know this. I just had uh, had to have emergency That's gallbladder right. surgery. That's right. I was in the most Im immense pain. Sixty three years old. It's the worst pain I've ever been yep, in. I saw you in pain, uh, man. Terrible. And I me. was. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. You stopped by. Gosh, I barely remembered it. Was it's, that's that's how bad it was. Yeah, it was terrible. Focus. And I couldn't pray. Yeah. But all I could manage was to make the intention. Yeah. And do you know who I prayed for first, Terry? Probably the Pope. I'm, I don't know. That's just. Pope Francis, uh, yeah. I offered this Thank suffering yeah. for his pontificate and then for the church and then for the holy souls in purgatory awesome. and then for my family and so forth. Yeah. But primarily, it's like, wow, I'm going through this terrible thing. And when I was in the hospital, I asked somebody to bring me Holy Communion. And the priest had come and I wasn't anointed and received Holy Good. Communion. But the first thing they did was send the chaplain. And although it's a Catholic hospital, the chaplain is a Protestant guy. Oh, my God. And and he was unaware of redemptive suffering, and so I was able to evangelize I love it. And tell him. And when he left, he said, "I'm I'm never going to forget this." 
I love it. You know? That's good came so, from it. You see, good um, came from your suffering, brother. Yeah, that's right. And and the, the final point I'll make is that Bishop Strickland, when when it, you know, when he broke his silence after six whole hours, yeah, <laughs> you know, he he just said, "I am at peace." Yes. And I read, as you know, um, uh, a chapter of the Imitation every day. Chapter six, you're gonna and, love it. And yeah, in chapter six of Book One, pe the peace is in the heart of the devout and fervent. Yes. and not those who give themselves to outward things. And in chapter seven, yes. a humble person is a peaceful person. Okay. And then in chapter eight, or uh, uh, no, going to chapter 11, which is where I am today. Yeah. It says, um, the humble and the single hearted are truly blessed and have abundant peace. And and I think that's the wonderful example that he has given us. Absolutely. He could be railing. He could be upset. Yeah. He could be bent out of shape. And what he said is, I stand by the com the things that were complaints. Yeah. And I'm at peace. Yeah. And that's so impressive. And I got to tell people his hour on Virgin Most Powerful will continue. Probably going to do a couple more hours a week with him just teaching the Catholic faith to people because that's a great need. Dan Snyder, uh, Matt Arnold are with me here. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about what you, you, our listener can do for Holy Mother of the Church at this unbelievably crisis time of where the world and the church is so divided. Uh, in regards to following Christ. I want to also remind everybody this Sunday, uh, the 18th or 19th, we're going to be here at the Sacred Heart Chapel for a 5 o'clock Mass Rosary. And then we're going to show Bishop Strickland, yes, a video from him in our, in our Defending the Faith Conference. You're going to see the whole video here at the Sacred Heart Chapel on a big, huge screen. You're welcome to come. There's no fee. We want you to come and be inspired to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. And I think that's what Bishop Strickland will do for you and for your family. Stay with us. We'll be back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse's out today. Dan Schneider, Matt Arnold's with me. I want to make a little plug for Dan Schneider, Father Chad Ripperker, Bishop Joseph Strickland, Kyle Clement, and Jess Romero will be here on the March 15th and 16th here for the Spiritual Warfare Conference. Everybody always says, I, I didn't get any room. I got, I got rejected because you ran out of room. Well, we've got the big church this time, and there's still room for you to join us at that event. Go to vmpr.org. Or call us at 877-526-2151. Dan Snyder, my question to you, you know, being a biblical scholar and, uh, you know, having your own love for Christ and his church and the scriptures, we're living in a, a time where uh, Catholics really need to dig deep and ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day, as I always tell people. But I want to get your act, reaction and then Matt's action on action items for Catholics today living in the church where, let's just be honest, the church is, there's there's schools out there that are at odds with the magisterium of what we call the perennial teachings of the church. What's the best advice you would give to mom and dad who are trying to inculcate the Catholic faith into their families in this time of crisis? Yeah, I think it's it's uh, educate yourself and your families. You've got we've got to become high information Catholics. You've yeah. got to learn the Catholic faith. You have to to uh, um, practice, you know, orthodoxy and orthopraxy. We there have to, we have to we have to to both uh, to both live and practice 
the pure faith, the clean faith, the traditional faith. Mm -hmm. um, Catechism 84, that the apostles entrusted the sacred deposit of the faith, the depositum fidei, contained in sacred scripture and tradition to the whole of the church. By adhering to this heritage, the entire holy people united to its pastors remain always faithful to the teaching of the apostles, to the brotherhood, to the breaking of the bread, to the prayers. So in maintaining, practicing, professing the faith that has been handed on, there should be a remarkable harmony between the bishops and the faithful. Right now, we don't have that. We don't have this remarkable harmony. Right now, we've got disharmony. Yeah. But in Catechism 89, there is an organic connection between our spiritual life and the dogmas. Right. Dogmas are lights along the path of faith. They illuminate it and make it secure. Conversely, if our life is upright, our intellect and our heart will be open to the welcome the light of the welcome the light shed by the dogmas of faith. So you have to you have to get to know our Catholic faith. We have to practice our Catholic faith. We have to 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 not waste time on the things of this world. Second uh, Timothy two three you know two one two to three says you know hand on those things. Uh, to faithful men that I've handed that that, that I've received, I hand on. To, or you should hand on to faithful men. But also, he says, be uh, uh, bear your share of the gospel for the uh, um, uh, of the hardship of the gospel as soldiers of good soldiers of Christ. Mm -hmm. A soldier does not get in, entangled into the affairs of this world, right? But does the will and the bidding of those who of him who recruited him. This is where I think we're at. We have to soldier up. We yep. have to we have to preserve the, the 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 faith in our homes, teaching truth to our children, watching what we let into the homes, and then practicing uh, uh, practicing our, our faith in every aspect of our lives. But as soldiers, we have to bear our, our share of the hardship of the gospel, which is where we're at right now in the church militant. Awesome, uh, Matthew. How about your take? My uh, counsel, if oh. I were to offer it, would to say, do not be discouraged. Amen. We, sometimes people, I mean, I talk about <laughs> the medieval period a lot because it's sort of my field of interest. <laughs> and and I try very often to, uh, you know, bring a medieval mentality, if you will, into my life. I think what Dr. Schneider just described is very much in, medieval. in line I agree. with that medieval mentality. Yep. And and the, the the idea being that, you know, just, you know, focus on the fundamentals. The church is one holy, Catholic, and apostolic. You know, and, and it doesn't matter that there's division. The church remains one because God is one. The church remains holy because her, her, her founder is holy. Her doctrines are holy. That's right. All right. Uh, many people become almost, I don't want to say indifferentist, but almost like quietist. Oh, well, God's in charge, and he promised the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, so everything must be fine. <laughs> like, well, I just read uh, an older book of Catholic piety from about 1901, talking about the promise that Christ made in Matthew 16, that the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. And he says that remains true, even if there's only one faithful Catholic left in the world. Amen. So staying faithful is the paramount uh, uh, duty of Catholics. We must remain faithful to the teaching of the church. And and without without watering it down without compromise. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Dan. And I will just add my little two cents into it. How do you survive? You know, at this time of history, by asking Jesus Christ to have give you more faith in Him. Because if you're not asking for faith, you won't get it. And right now, uh, like Dan and what Matt said, I mean, this is the time to suit up. This is the time 
to really stand up for the Jesus moment in your life. And dads especially, I just want to, and I'll let you both have a minute on this about fatherhood. It seems to me, Dan and Matthew, that the way the father, way the way the fathers go in our culture, uh, dads, uh, that's the way the culture goes. And so I would encourage the dads to take this kind of leadership as spiritual fathers in the family, and I believe that will also go over to the culture. Am I onto something, Dan? Absolutely. I think I think dads need to engage. Men need to engage. Mm-hmm. They need to start learning how to pray. They need to start putting the effort into learning the faith. They are the, the educator uh, of their children. They need, they need to act like the, the high priest of the home of the yeah. domestic church. You know, we have to, we have to work on that. And when Cardinal Newman says in times of crisis, it's the lady that will save the church. Mm-hmm. It isn't that you and I are going to go out there and we're going to go fix the church. Yeah. It's great that we've got Cardinal Seurat and you've got uh, um, uh, um, Bishop Schneider and others that are, that are pushing back and that has to come back at that level. But what can we do? You know, t- tapering back or building upon what Matt had said earlier. Um, there was this this uh, uh, contest that G.K. Chesterton was involved in. It was a newspaper contest. What's wrong with the world? This yes. And the answer is, what's wrong with the world? I am. Hey. Yeah, yeah. So what's wrong with the church? I am. Exactly. What, what's wrong with my family? Thank I am. It begins you. with me. So so I have to become Christ in my home. It means just like St. Paul says, die for my family. You know, awesome. uh, John, John, John Harden said that the families of the future that will survive will be a family of martyrs. The uh, Catholic families can no longer be ordinary. We must be extraordinary. By extraordinary, he means holy. We have to grow in holiness. And dads, you got to do what you got to do to get your family, uh, get your families home safely. Matt, before I turn it to you, I just want to say that I was present when, fa- when Father Harden said that at a San Diego homeschooling conference, and it touched me. I'll never forget that. Also, I just want to mention something. Bishop Schneider has said that Strickland is going to be like a Bishop Athanasius in the history of the church. And I'll just mention something. Bishop Schneider and Bishop Strickland were brought together through Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I'd say that their friendship grew a couple years ago. I was able to get both of them on our network. If people want to hear two on-fire Catholic bishops, they can go to VMPR to the archives and get that. I think I might even post it a second time because when those two got together, they be, a friendship was warrant, was brought forth. And I thank God is Virgin Most Powerful Radio has brought people like that together for the good of the church. And I praise God for that. Matthew, your final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, I agree with uh, what Dr. Schneider said about the father's role in the family, particularly. Take uh, embrace your mm-hmm. role as the spiritual yes. head of your family, not just the temporal head. And uh, for me, that uh, has always been that uh, I lead the family rosary. Yes. You know, every night without fail. Children grew up that way. They continue to do, even my married kids <laughs> that uh, have left the house continue to pray the rosary. Awesome. Their families. And, uh, you know, it's that example. You know, we can see it across the board that it's dads that, uh, and the example of the dad that has the most to do with whether children continue to practice their faith. Uh, final word, you said to suit up. It's time to suit up. Uh, <laughs> uh, St. Paul, everybody knows this in Ephesians where he talks about the armor of God. Amen. I don't want to strain the metaphor, but he says you have to gird yourself with truth, take the helmet of salvation, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, sword of the spirit, and and uh, be shod with readiness for the gospel. Right? And, and I, I would say that this actually translates into like a, a library that the helmet the salvation comes from from the sacraments. Yes. So you need to have a, a missile and a breviary, 
I, you know, and, and a good prayer book that uh, that righteousness is about following the moral law. And you're going to find that, uh, you know, in the lives of the saints and in, in your spiritual reading, um, the uh, sort of the spirit, of course, is the Holy Bible and and the shield of faith. And where does faith come? You know, uh, where do we learn our faith? We learn our faith from the catechism. So that that needs to, you know, if that doesn't describe uh, the, the the most well-thumbed books on your bookshelf, uh, it should. Thank you, Matthew. I want to finish with what we started with, with the little flower that Dan gave his comment on. The little flower said, we have only short moments of this life to work for God's glory. The devil knows this, and that is why he tries to make us waste time in useless things. Oh, let us not waste our time. Let us save souls. Souls are falling into hell innumerable as the flakes of snow on a winter day. Jesus weeps. Instead of consoling him, we are brooding over our own sorrow. So man up. And like Bishop Sheen says, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. So I'm going to say that every single person listening, whether you're two years old or 102, can participate in the salvific work of Christ by following First Colossians chapter 1, that you can give redemptive suffering that Matt did in the hospital last week and shared that with a Protestant minister. I just think it's awesome that if we realize the... The, I want to say the, the power of our Catholic faith when it's utilized, especially redemptive suffering. Dan, I've got another minute. I've heard you talk on this. Oh, and the engineer told me, push Bishop Strickland's show every Tuesday here on Virgin Most Powerful. Dan, talk a little bit about redemptive suffering. I've heard you on that before. Yeah, St. Paul says in Colossians one twenty four. Pope John Paul wrote a whole encyclical mm -hmm. on this uh, this verse, basically. I rejoice in my suffering, for yeah. I, for in my body I make up what is lacking in the suffering of Christ's body of the church. That's exactly mm -hmm. what Matt did on the hospital. In his yep. suffering sick body, the pain that he suffered now became salvific. Wow. Not that Christ is weak or needy, wow. that he doesn't need it, but he invites our participation, not in the object of acquiring of graces, mm -hmm. but in the subject of distribution of the graces that he won for us on Calvary. Amen. For you, it was committed not only to believe, but to suffer for the name, Philippians 1.29. God wants our participation in distributing the graces of Calvary. This is how we're going to bring uh, reconciliation back to Holy Mother Church. Well said, Dan. I want everybody to take this show and pass it on to their friends. This fireside chat fired me up. Why? Because it was all centered on the person of Jesus Christ. Dan Snyder, thank you. You'll be back tomorrow and uh, Wednesday here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Matthew Arnold, thanks for your good example, not only in your <laughs> sufferings, but also in your insights on the Catholic faith. Don't forget, everybody. Well, I'll Matthew. Matthew, what state should we be living in? We should be living in a state of grace, Terry. Yeah, you got it. And don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima said it. Souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. So we can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. If, if that's the first time you've heard that, let's do it. So any sacrifices today for the rest of your life offered to Jesus for the salvation of souls. God love you. Thanks for joining us.